0: Hi and welcome back to the Old Testament podcast. This will be for first Samuel chapter seventeen. This is the story of Samuel and or David and Goliath. You probably have heard this story before. Anyway. Now the Philistines gathered together their armies to battle and were gathered together at Shoch, which belongeth to Judah, and pitched between Shoko and Azekah in Ephesdamim, and Saul and the men of Israel were gathered together and pitched by the valley of Elah and set the battle in array against the Philistines. And the Philistines stood on a mountain on the uh, on the one side and Israel stood on a mountain on the other side and there was a valley between them. So when I visited Israel, this is where we went. We went to this valley of Elah and uh, our guide asked us if we would pick up three stones like uh, David picked up three stones when he slew Goliath. And he said, you know, one of these could have been the stone that... Uh, that killed Goliath. Now, there's no way, obviously, to know that. Um, and so I do have a rock today that came from the valley of Elah. Uh, who knows but it, what it was the one that killed Goliath? I'm saying it is. Oh, I don't know. Verse 4 And there went out a champion out of the camp of the Philistines named Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. This, uh, according to that, says that he was nine feet nine inches tall. Our word champion comes from campus, the field, and champion is he properly who fights in the field, i. e. in camps, a man well skilled in arms, strong, brave, and patriotic. But is this the meaning of the original? Ish habanayam, a middleman, the man between two, that is, as here, the man who undertakes to settle the disputes between two armies or nations. So our ancient champions settled disputes between contending parties by what was termed camp fight, hence the campio or champion, that was by Clark. Although it seems peculiar in this day of modern war- warfare, in ancient times it was not unusual for opposing armies, which were generally quite small, to select one representative from each side to fight a personal contest. The outcome of that contest determined the winner of the battle. In this uh, chapter, in which a, re- a record is recorded, a similar choosing or of representatives to battle for each side. According to this passage, Goliath's height was six cubits in a span. The most widely accepted opinion of the length of a cubit is about 18 inches or roughly the distance from the elbow to the tip of the extended middle finger. A span is said to be one half the distance from the thumb to the end of the little finger when the fingers are spread as wide as possible. These measurements would make the height of Goliath approximately 9 feet 9 inches. It's not too surprising that the Philistines would have picked such a champion, or that no man in Israel wanted to be Saul's champion. It is unusual that anyone today is over seven feet tall, but it is, it is commonly believed that there were men in ancient times whose height far exceeded seven feet. There are references in the scriptures to giants in the earlier periods of history in the time of Enoch, in the days of Noah, and in the time of the Israelites. Called Anakim, meaning long-necked or tall in Hebrew by the Israelites, this race of giants seemed to have been virtually destroyed in the conquest of Canaan under Joshua. In fact, it is recorded that none of the Anakim were left except in Gaza, Ashdod, and Gath, which was Goliath's hometown. Experts have estimated the weight of Goliath's armor to be about 150 pounds, and that was by Clark. A weaver's beam is a strong, thick piece of wood on which thread is strung in preparation for weaving. The weight of Goliath's spearhead has been estimated from 12 to 26 pounds, depending on which authority is consulted and what weight he selects for a shekel. A greave is a protective piece of armor that fits on the front of the leg and extends from just below the knee to the ankle. That was from the Institute Manual. Verse five, and he had a helmet of brass upon his head and he he was armed with a coat of mail and the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of brass and he had greaves or shin armor of brass upon his legs and a target of brass between his shoulders, in other words, armor protecting the neck, a targum and the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam and his spear's head weighed 600 shekels of iron and one bearing a shield went before him. So there's just one guy to carry the shield ahead of him. Can you imagine being that guy? And he stood and cried unto the armies of Israel, and said unto them, Why are ye come out to set your battle in array? Am I not a Philistine, and ye servants of Saul? Choose you a man for you, and let him come down to me. If he be able to fight with me and to kill me, then will I be. Your, then will, we will be your servants. But I, if I prevail against him and kill him, then shall ye be our servants and serve us. And the Philistine said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that he may fight together, that we may fight together. Day by day, the two armies gathered on the opposite slopes only to witness what was for Israel more than humiliation, even an open defiance of their ability to resist the power of Philistia by implication, a defiance of the covenant people as such, and of Jehovah, the covenant God, and a challenge to a fight between might in the flesh and power in the spirit. And truly, Israel, under the leadership of a Saul, was ill-prepared to, for such a contest, but herein also lay the significance of the Philistine challenge, and of the manner in which it was to be taken up by David, as well as his victory. It is not too much to assert that this event was a turning point in the history of the theocracy, and marked David as the true king of Israel, ready to take up the Philistine challenge of God and of his people, to kindle a, a, in Israel a new spirit, and in the might of the living God, to bring the contest to victory. Forty days successively, as the opposing armies had stood marshaled in a battle array, Goliath of Gath, a descendant of those giants, had been left at the time of Joshua, had stepped out of the ranks of the Philistines to challenge a champion of Israel to single combat, which should decide the fate of the campaign and the subjection of either Israel or the Philistines. Such challenges were common enough in antiquity, but it it indicated a terrible state of things when it could be thrown down and not taken up, a fearful reproach when an uncircumcised Philistine could so defy the armies of the the living God. And yet, as Goliath left the ranks of his camp and came down into the valley that separated the two hosts, and, as it were, shook his hand in scorn of of high heaven and of Israel, not a man dared answer till at last, the Philistine, rendered more and more bold, began to Crossed the Wadi and came up the slopes towards where Israel stood, where at sight of him they fled and were sore afraid. For where the realizing sense of God's presence was was wanting the contest would only seem only of strength against strength in that case the appearance and bearing of the philistine must have been sufficiently terrifying to orientals measuring about nine feet nine inches he was covered from front and back by a coat of mail of brass consisting of scales overlapping each other such as we know were used in ancient times but weighing not less than about 150 pounds 157 pounds according to this report that armor no doubt descended to his legs which were cased in greaves of brass, while a helmet of the same material defended his head. As weapons of offense he carried, besides the sword with which he was girded, an enormous javelin of brass, which, after the manner of the ancient soldiers, was slung on his back, and a spear, the metal head of which weighed about 17 or 18 pounds. And that was by Edersheim. Verse 11. When Saul and all Israel heard those words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Now David was the son of that Ephrathite of of Bethlehem Judah, whose name was Jesse, and he had eight sons, and the man went among men for an old man in the days of Saul. And the three eldest sons of Jesse went and followed Saul to the battle, and the names of his three sons that went to the battle were Eliab, the firstborn, and next unto him Abinadab, and the third Shammah. And David was the youngest, and the three eldest followed Saul. But David went and returned from Saul to feed his father's sheep at Bethlehem. And the Philistine drew near. Morning and evening, and presented himself forty days. And Jesse said unto David his son, Take now for thy brethren an ephah. The ephah was a dry measure, roughly equivalent to three fifths of a United States bushel, or about twenty two liters, of this parched corn and these ten loaves, and run to the camp to thy brethren. And carry these ten cheeses unto the captain of their thousand, and look how thy brethren fare, and take their pledge. Now Saul and they and all the men of Israel were in the valley of Elah, fighting with the Philistines. And David rose up early in the morning, and left the sheep with a keeper, and took and went as Jesse had commanded him. And And he came to the trench, as the host was going forth to the fight, and shouted for the battle. For Israel and the Philistines had put the battle in array, against army against army. And David left his carriage or baggage in the hand of the keeper of the carriage, and ran into the army, and came and saluted his brethren. And as he talked with them, behold, there came up the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, out of the armies of the Philistines, and spake according to the same words, and David heard it, heard them. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him, and were sore afraid." And the men of Israel said, Have ye seen this man that is come up? Surely to defy Israel is he come up. And it shall be that the man who killeth him, the king will enrich him with great riches, and will give him his daughter, and make his father's house free in Israel. And David spake to the men that stood by him, saying, What shall be done to the man that killeth this Philistine and taketh away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And the people answered him with this manner, saying, So shall it be done to the man that killeth him. And Eliab, his eldest brother, heard when he spake unto the man, and Eliab's anger was kindled against David. And he said, Why camest thou down hither, and with whom hast thou left those those few sheep in the wilderness. I know thy pride and the haughtiness of thine heart, for thou art come down that thou mightest see the battle. And David said, let's see, it appears that David's brothers may not have been present when David was anointed king. They probably would not have talked to him like this if they knew he had been anointed as king. Verse 29, and David said, what have I now done? Is there not a cause? I declare with all my soul there is a cause. It is a cause worth giving one's life for. It is the cause of righteousness. It is a cause that every youth in this church should rally to as he declares war on Satan and his legions. As David said to Goliath, so each youth should declare to to Satan, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. And that was by Victor L. Brown. Verse 30, And he turned from him toward another and spake after the same manner, and the people answered him again after the former manner. And when the words were heard which David spake, they rehearsed them before Saul, and he sent for him. And David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Thou art not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for thou art but a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. And David said unto Saul, Thy servant kept his father's sheep, and there came a lion and a bear, and a, and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went out after him, and smote him, and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard, and smote off smote him, and slew him. And the servant slew both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he hath defied the armies of the living God. David said, Moreover, the Lord hath that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of of this Philistine. And Saul said unto David, Go, and the Lord be with thee. President Hinckley said there are Goliaths all around you, hulking giants with evil intent to destroy you. These are not nine-foot-tall men. They are men in institutions that control attractive but evil things that may challenge and weaken and destroy you. Included in these are beer and other liquors and tobacco. Those who market these products would like to enslave you into their use. There are drugs of various kinds, which I am told are relatively easy to obtain in many high schools. For those who peddle them, this is a multi-million dollar industry. A giant web of evil, there is pornography, seductive and interesting and inviting. It has become a giant industry, producing magazines, films, and other materials designed to take your money and lead you toward activities that would destroy you. The giants who are behind these efforts are formidable and skillful. They have gained vast experience in the the war they are carrying on. They would like to ensnare you. It is almost impossible to entirely avoid exposure to their products. You see these materials on all sides, but you need not fear if you have the slingshot of truth in your ha- in your hands. You have been counseled and taught and advised. You have the stories of virtue and honor and integrity to use against these enemies who would like to conquer you. Insofar as you are conquered, you can hit them between the eyes. Insofar as you are concerned, you can hit them between the eyes to use a figurative expression. You can trium- triumph over them by disciplining yourselves to avoid them. You can say to the whole lot of them, as David did, said to Goliath, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear, and so on. Victory will be yours. You have this, his power within you to sustain you. You have the right to ministering angels about you to protect you. Do not let Goliath frighten you. Stand your ground and hold your place, and you will be triumphant. Verse thirty-eight. And Saul armed David with his armor, and he put a, a helmet of brass upon his head. Also, he armed him with a coat of mail. And David girded his sword about his armor, and he essayed to go, but he was not—he had not proved it. And David said unto Saul, I cannot go with these, for I have not proved them. And David put them off him. In other words, he hadn't tried them before, and he wasn't used to them. Verse 40, And he took his staff in his hand and chose him five smooth stones out of the brook and put them in a shepherd's bag, which he had, even in a scrip, and his sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistines. I said three stones earlier, it was five, wasn't it? And the Philistine came on and drew near unto David, and the man that bare the shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was but a youth and ready and of a fair countenance. And the Philistine said unto David, Am I a dog that thou comest to me with staves? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the field. Then said David to the Philistine Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts the God of the armies of Israel whom thou hast defied This day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand and I will smite thee and take thine head from off thee or from thee and I will give the carcasses to the hosts to the host of I will give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day, unto the fowls of the air, and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth, not with sword and with spear. For the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. And it came to pass, when the Philistine arose and came and drew nigh to meet David, that David hasted and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. And David put his hand in his bag and took thence a stone and slang it and smote the Philistine in his forehead, that the stone sunk into his forehead and he fell upon his face to the earth. Speaking of Goliath's death or defeat, President Marion G. Romney said that was a very new experience for the Philistine. Nothing like that had had ever entered into his head before. Verse 50, So David prevailed over the Philistines with a sling and with a stone, and smote the Philistine, and slew him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. Therefore David ran and stood upon the Philistine, and took his sword, and drew it out of the sheath thereof, and slew him, and cut off his head therewith. And when the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they fled. And the men of Israel and of Judah arose and shouted and pursued the Philistines until thou come to the valley and to the gates of Ekron. And the wounded of the Philistines fell down by the way to Sharim, even unto Gath and unto Ekron. And the children of Israel returned from chasing after the Philistines, and they spoiled their tents. And David took the head of the Philistine and brought it to Jerusalem, but he put his armor in his tent. And when Saul saw David go forward, go forth against the Philistine, he said unto Abner, the captain of the host, Abner, whose son is this youth? And Abner said, As thy soul liveth, O king, I cannot tell. And the king said, Inquire thou whose son the stripling the young man is. And as David returned from the slaughter of the Philistine, Abner took him and brought him before Saul with the head of the Philistine in his hand. And Saul said to him, "'Whose son art thou, thou young man?' And David answered, "'I am the son of thy servant Jesse, the Bethlehemite.'" So in conclusion, who is our king? Do we trust in him completely, or do we rely on the arm of flesh and our own understanding? Our job is to be obedient. Behold, the Lord requireth the heart and a willing mind, and the willing and obedient shall eat the good of the land of Zion in these last days.'" The story of David and Goliath is perhaps the supreme example in all of world literature of how the weak things of the earth can vanquish the strong through the help of the Lord. That's the end of the chapter, and we'll see you next time. Bye.